Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode is one part of my hour-long NPR show heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the Foreman family-owned pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. I am here with two of truly the most special people in the whole pet industry, Susan and Bob Goldstein created Earth Animal together, and they were way ahead of the curve, doing things naturally, holistically, herbally, and also good for the planet in sustainability. And now something new that I had not heard of before until Earth Animal told me about it, which is the better chicken commitment. And we're not talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're talking about the welfare of chickens. Susan and Bob, thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to push the edge of where we need to be to do right by the animals who give our animals food and the planet itself. I admire you guys, and I really appreciate how much you make us all be better people. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. Thank you. It's it's true. Oh, thank you. We're so pleased to be a part of your show today. Well, good. I'm so pleased that Earth Animal is part of the Better Chicken Commitment, which... If if you first hear it, it has like that catchy phrase like, you know, the world's most delicious chicken-like product sold by fast food, which is the opposite. This is about <laughs> chicken is so much used as your protein, but everyone's protein. And how do we make life a little less, let's be honest, miserable for chickens, right? I mean, it's really yeah. hard to feel good about any of it, but unless you're a 100% dyed-in-the-wool vegan – Animals are part of our whole food chain for people and animals. Can you talk a little bit about when or how or why this Better Chicken commitment came up? Uh, actually, we we were approached by uh, an affiliate of the Better Chicken com- Committee um, because we have been rather public with our concerns about the welfare of agriculturally raised animals for human consumption yes. and for the pet food industry. So we've been out there um, trying to be their voice and trying to learn as much as we can about their plight and about what it is that we can do to improve their welfare and to also create um, some interest in alternatives to eating meat whether you're a human or whether you're a dog or a cat. Right. So we have a long way to go, 
but um, it's it's kind of like the better the better chicken committee is it's it's real it's an affiliation with um, compassion for world animal farming which is which is doing an amazing job we also have a United States uh, branch so that's basically how we got started uh, uh, people of like mind joining forces together Yes, and what's what's interesting is that I didn't know there was something called Compassion in World Farming. It's an organization, a nonprofit, and Mercy for Animals, and that there's even a U.S. working group for broiler welfare, host yeah. co-hosted yeah. by Compassion USA. These are things. So we have Compassion in World Farming. We have Compassion USA. These are groups of people not making a buck. But they're no. committed to raising an ethical, moral standard. And that's pretty interesting and something that in a world where everything seems to be driven by the buck or by ego or by power grabs or whatever these things are that we get deluged by in the news, there are people working night and day on, the pro on this problem, on this issue. And what surprised me was that when one of my dogs will really sometimes only eat wisdom. It's the only food she'll eat. She's got Addison's disease. Maisie has the world's worst appetite. And when nothing else will do, a bowl of wisdom will do it, which is kind of your complete alternative to so-called kibble. But all over the bag, it talks about the humane raising of the chickens, the humane slaughter of the chickens. So why? how is this even a step further? Or is this just to include other companies so they somehow have the same ideology? Well, there are 220 uh, human companies, human-oriented companies. and That have, so, yeah, that's joined so far. That have joined. Oh. And five, five in the pet food industry. We are number five. Um, so, you know, it's the word is out. And these, I call these people, you know, these are heroes. These yes. These are people that yes. are completely world servers. And, and they're not just doing it for the welfare of animals, by the way. It's also for the welfare of the environment. The pet food industry is responsible for uh, the ca uh, carbon imprint that is greater than the global transportation imprint. Oh, golly. Yeah, so that's, that includes uh, that uh, 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 trucking automobiles and planes oh my god and the pet food industry has a larger carbon imprint and 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 uh, a contribution to uh, global pollution than the entire global transportation industry that's that, to me that's insane that's insane you're right dr bob and and you know there's articles that always have that catchy thing like wow private jets are the big problem no they're not People are just envious and jealous and angry at rich people. And, you know, okay, if that gets you through the day better and you sleep better hating rich people, go ahead. But it's really not the problem. And no. so when we stop and look at what we're feeding our pets and how that impacts this huge paw print, if you will, on on the, the globe. But then also this issue of how are these chickens living you know there's other animals that aren't doing too well either in the food chain yeah. but let's yeah. talk about some of the rules that you have you have gone way quickly more quickly than many other companies in human or animal um, food yeah. creation because you by 2024 which is pretty much around the corner when you talk about 
requiring that your suppliers, your chicken suppliers, meet f certain requirements for 100% of their products. Do you know them by heart, or could I mention them from the notes I have, and then you speak to that? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yes, you can, you, can, uh, you can bring them up. You know, obviously right now we're Global Animal Partnerships certified. Yes. So everything, yeah, so all our chicken and all our turkey comes from farms that are certified by the Global Animal Partnership. Uh, now we do have, obviously, uh, we, we also have catfish, and the catfish right. that we use are the invasive species of the Chesapeake Bay, which they're trying to fish out uh, because these fish are creating a, 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 an ecological disaster yep. in the Chesapeake Bay. So we purchase all that catfish and make catfish food for dogs from that. The so wisdom, yeah, which Basie also it, loves. Wisdom catfish is, is uh, obviously sustainable, uh, but it's obviously helping the environment by reducing the amount of invasive species. And but luckily, but Susan, luckily we don't have to worry about the, you know, the welfare of the catfish. I'm sure the catfish probably there's a, the, a best practices way to put them to death too, but they are doing such harm, which they're doing yes. unwittingly. They just are catfish, right? They didn't like set out to be evil, but it's, it's hard to muster a whole lot of, Oh, I hope those catfish didn't suffer too much after destroying lakes and rivers. But we do yeah. think that about chickens. And I didn't know that, in a, I literally didn't know this, that in addition to the Humane Society of the United States working so hard on cage-free egg-laying chickens for so long, and that was always the focus, that now broiler chickens are something which is an issue, and they're kept in cages, and they live worse than any other chicken, which I didn't know. So one of your yeah. rules, your new better chicken commitment rules is to prohibit broiler cages. So is this yet another travesty that's being visited on chickens without our even being fully aware of it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things like that that we're not aware of that are, uh, that are occurring. And we as Earth Animal are making sure that our entire uh, supply chain of meat right now is, is certainly on the humane side. And as you know, Earth Animal as a company is doing everything we can to reduce the reliance and eventually eliminate the reliance on animal protein in all of our products. Well, luckily you're so young, Bob, that you have your whole life ahead of you to get that accomplished because other people have tried it. But thank God you and, and Susan are so young. You've got at least, I don't know, 40, 50 years ahead of you because that's how long it's going to take. OK, let's be realistic, not to be negative, but I know all this stuff. I talk to the animal sentient, brilliant researchers who write the gorgeous books about the ways that all kinds of animals of every kind have feelings and emotions and and communication and relationships. And we are just trampling them with, you know, sort of wanton cruelty at all times. But I didn't become yeah. a vegan. So if I know all that and I care deeply and I'm that selfish or whatever you want to call it, habitually, you know, pointed in another direction, I'm probably in the majority. So I have vegetarian friends who, that's nice, but honestly, the more you learn about eggs and milk and you're like, oh, that's not really perfect either. Or, or they'll eat fish. Or even the vegans who, you know, have to go out of their way to 
wear shoes that aren't made of anything that was ever an animal. They're, they're obviously in the vast minority. And it turns out that broiler chickens, which I didn't know until I learned all this from Earth Animal, make up 95% of the farm animals in the food system. So we worry about beef cattle and how they're raised and how they're slaughtered. And, you know, Temple Grandin is, is on board to make sure that their slaughter is somewhat less vile than it used to be. Yeah. But 95% of the chickens are living in a cage. See, I thought the problem was egg-laying chickens who were put on those conveyor belts, and they just sat there, and a conveyor belt went by with food, some of which, frankly, was ground-up dead chickens, uh, and maybe that's changed or not. But when it says vegetarian feed, that would be something you could be avoiding. And that letting them walk around on the ground was somehow nicer, but they were really crammed. So one of your new rules with Better Chicken Commitment is maximum, this is the wording that comes from these organizations, which are good organizations looking to do better, maximum stocking density of six pounds per foot. So yeah. six pounds of chicken per foot of ground, I guess? Of, yeah, of land. Of, yeah, of land. Obviously, of land. Just, Hopefully yeah. land. Yeah, right. there's a lot of Obviously, there's a lot that goes in it. In the, in the farms that we deal with that are GAP certified, Global Animal Partnership certified, that density is very important. Obviously, light and air yes. and open to the outside all fit together. So all this is really, you know, it's all part of a bigger movement. Anything that we can do and the, and the regulations for the GAP certification, which the GAP organization comes and inspects these farms, they have to make sure that that is being done. And, and the people who are making sure that it's being done are not, I mean, I'm just sort of clarifying this, they aren't those kind of, well, FDA kind of cops that you think of that, no. you know, there's so few of them and they show up and they tell them ahead of time and they sort of clean up their act. I'm thinking also of puppy farming where, you know, there's inspections that are very lax at best by whoever does them, whether it's the AKC or the FDA. I mean, these things are all kind of handshakes under the table and, and nothing in the in the 20 years I've been watching has changed, really, just people's awareness and indignation. But it looks like in the chicken world... People like you, companies that are buying the chickens, are asking the farmers who themselves have been forced to use horrible conditions to make a few dollars because they're not getting rich. Chicken farming is a very harsh business to be in, especially yeah. the big ones. So you're using the smaller ones that can hold themselves to a higher standard. They would prefer their chickens to not live a torturous life. Farmers are not bad people. They started out, no. you know, they're, they're animal yeah. management people. So there's also a whole thing about how the chickens are put to death. So the rule yeah. is process chickens in a manner that avoids pre-stun handling, which is when you've seen them picked up and thrown and, and just treated like, like waste while they're still alive, and utilizes instead a multi-step controlled atmosphere processing system that induces an irreversible stun. So yeah. that could make us all feel a little better you know, there's no reason to do it in the vile way that also, in terms of the globe and the planet, the, the men and women who are forced to handle chickens in a, the terrible, cruel way, it's not good for them either. It's hard on them. It's hard on their souls to see suffering or to become inured to it. That's not anything somebody wants to do. 
These are not, you know, vile people. They're making a living. So I think that by you holding yourself to these high standards and your producers holding themselves to it and international organizations writing down the rules, we all are better people for it, you know, and it's a little less awful to be born a chicken. I mean, that's sort yeah. of the way I see it. Don't you? Yeah. yeah, yes, I agree. And Temple Grandin you know, was one of the leaders in that whole movement of, of making sure that that going that being raised and going to slaughter is as humane as possible. And it certainly is getting better. But, you know, obviously these these gigantic, you know, farms, uh, you know, uh, factory farms, you know, they're it's a it's a slow process. It is. It, it is. that Which is why it's so good that you're young and can get us all past the, <laughs> the, the, the harsh handling. Uh, just to make it clear, Bob and Susan are like me. We're I think we're called super seniors, at least in the pickleball tournaments, we're called that. So, yeah. but we're very proud that we can still wave a banner and still feel as as empowered as we did in the '60s when we marched and carried signs and cared about things a lot. It's good to to care about things a lot, and I think that's what you guys do. You care about things that matter, and then you put the time and effort and money into holding yourself and the people around you in a company you created and the people you buy from to this higher standard and everybody feels better for it. It's not yeah. righteousness, right? It's not blame for those who aren't doing it. It just makes everybody feel better. So thank you. Thank you for raising awareness and thank you for raising your standards and everybody else's around you. And thank you for being here. I am very proud to have Earth Animal be a sponsor of this show and very proud that my dogs love your products, many of them, which we can't even go into, and very proud that we have a chance to talk as often as we do. Thank you, Bob and Susan Goldstein and your wonderful company. You are welcome. You. Always, always, so good, always good to be with you. Thanks for listening. There are a few more very special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you will support their support of my mission to entertain and educate. Merrick Pet Care, which began as a family-run company in Texas 30 years ago, is still making natural pet food I feed my own dogs. They also provide nutrition to pet shelters in Chicago and Texas and free food for the service dogs for veterans from Canines for Warriors. Cradle which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their cradle melts. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition and makes innovative foods like the hybrid dog food wisdom, which sometimes is all that Maisie Hotchner will eat. Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this shorter version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2 and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.